0: Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to Marketing Saves the World, MarketingSavesTheWorld.com or FirmsConsulting.com, you will see a pop up or you'll see a place to add in your email address, or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. For example, you could get a sample episode of Competitive Strategy with Kevin Coyne. Kevin Coyne is an ex McKinsey partner, former worldwide head of strategy, and he He had served something like over 25 CEOs on a personal level, on a one-to-one basis over his career. Kevin also has a program called How to Become a McKinsey Partner. It's the first time ever a McKinsey partner has gone on record talking about what is actually required to become a partner. And you'll find it's very different from what you think is required. How to Develop Deep Insights, which I have put together, one of our most popular programs, The Electric Car Startup. You will get sample episodes of all of those programs and more if you sign up to this list. So that said, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another podcast today in the case interview and management consulting series by Firms Consulting. Today, I'm going to address another reader or follower question, and it's um, an interesting one because I think it's something that most of us think about and In speaking to just about every client, when I ran, you know, the bulk of the work we did around one-on-one case interview coaching, we've had over a thousand case interview coaching clients, and that number is significantly higher day by day as we bring in more clients. And even when I interact with clients in the subscription side of the program, just about everyone has an issue around perceived or apparent racism that they want to talk about, some form of discrimination. So I've never really talked about it directly because to me, the answer is fairly obvious and straightforward, but I do feel that maybe it's worth exploring one of the questions from a reader and showing you how I would unpack this and respond to the person and give them advice on the issue. There was a reader who wrote an Asian guy, and he wanted to know in his experience during interviews, when he's preparing for interviews during his MBA, and when he had joined a firm, after his interviews, he was successful with one or two of the firms and he got an offer. He's always received feedback at each stage from people he was either preparing with, people he had worked with, or people who were mentoring him, that he came across as lacking confidence. And he never understood it because, basically, he'd never heard this in his home country. And two, he found this to be fairly homogenous in the feedback, whether it was an American, a Canadian, a Brit, or a German consultant giving him feedback. And his view was, you know, why do Western interviewers assume Asian males lack confidence? And he does allude to the fact that, is this not a form of discrimination? Are they not racist towards me? So interesting question, and I'm going to answer the question, and then I'm going to take it further to give you a different viewpoint that I think you should think about when this happens to you versus wondering about whether it's discriminatory or not. Okay, so let's assume the guy's name is Peter, right? Let's assume his name is Peter. Peter has interacted with 10,000 Westerners, broadly speaking, people from Canada, United States, Germany, UK. He's interacted with 10,000 Westerners. Of the 10,000, let's assume that 15 have given him this feedback. I'm going to guess that if 10,000 had given him this feedback, he'd may want to do something dramatic in his life and probably end up with depression or something like that. So it's unlikely 10,000 people gave him this feedback. So my guess is 15 people have given him this feedback. But this feedback had probably occurred in pivotal points in his life, such as preparing for interviews after a performance review and engagement and so on. So if 15 people out of 10,000 give you this feedback... And you then take the views of 15 people and you extrapolate it to the combined populations of Canada, United States, Germany, and the UK. That's 35 in Canada. There's about 350 million in the United States plus 35 million in Canada. There's about 385 million, give or take, right? I I think the UK must be about 60 million people. So that's about uh, 445 million people. And then Germany is probably around 80 million, I think. So that's about 525 million people. Now, I don't know about what happened. I can't know. what happened to him because I wasn't there and he he may have been a victim of discrimination but what I can say with absolute certainty assuming 500 million odd people are racist because of your interaction with 15 people is the definition of discrimination. Now the reason I look at it this way is that a lot of times when people feel slighted by behavior that they've experienced they don't realize that they actually exhibit the very same behavior themselves but because they don't understand what they're doing is wrong they don't understand it is wrong. My feedback to Peter would be, if you're wondering why people tell you these things without understanding the impact on you, think about why you think these things about these people without understanding your impact on them. Because it's the same thing. The very same behavior that you are referring to is the way you've interpreted it, you're exhibiting the same behavior. So you have to take this very broad lens about it, right? And not just get caught up in whatever is the mainstream idea at the moment. I'm going to give you my own personal experience from today. I went to Starbucks today and when I went to the very nice young lady at the front counter and I ordered a decaf cappuccino and something to eat, she couldn't hear me. She had to lean forward and ask me, you know, she was very apologetic said you know, could you speak louder? Now, I know a lot of people who are offended when Westerners ask them to speak up louder. I was not offended because I am self-spoken. I speak softly. It's always been something that I've had to not deal with, but it's always been an attribute of mine. Whether I was in a boardroom, whether I was talking to clients, I've always been soft-spoken. Even when I'm doing presentations, I'm not a loud speaker. Sometimes people struggle to hear me. I've heard that many times. But is it discriminatory if someone cannot hear me and ask me to speak up? No. But I do have many colleagues and clients who are deeply offended that someone in the West asked them to speak. And I'm thinking, okay, you're offended, but did it ever occur to you that maybe they actually cannot hear you? What do you expect them to do? I mean, you expect them to not say anything but just get up from their chair and come stand right next to you so that you can continue speaking at your same pace you've got to see things from the other side before throwing around claims of racism racism is only one form of discrimination it may not even be the worst there is ageism there's sexism the list goes on and on right i mean there was a time when i was in consulting when we wouldn't hire people with tattoos is that tattooism i don't know but the only reason nobody talks about it is because i'm guessing that tattoo holding population isn't aware it's a form of discrimination isn't mobilized to talk about it and probably doesn't have enough people working at some major newspaper to write op-eds about it my point is this don't always assume things are what they are but step back and think about it now i don't ever get offended when people ask me to speak up because i'm self-spoken coming back to the point on confidence i do want to address that specifically after having touched on how peter had interpreted the situation I'm going to give you two stories here. They're very related. There's a show that Netflix recently put out called You. It's a show about a stalker who makes this lady's life horrible and I think kills her at the end. It's not clear whether he kills her, but he kills a lot of people during the show. But anyway, throughout this show, there's one person that's on to him and figures out that something's not right about him. And that person who figures out there's something not right about him is a very good friend of the lady he is stalking. Now, in this show, the friend of the lady always confronts him. And I'm always thinking to myself, okay, you've got a homicidal maniac. The friend assumes he's crazy, knows there's something wrong with him, but she keeps on confronting him. In the back of my head, I'm always asking myself, okay, you've confronted him. You have the confidence to confront him. What happens now that you've confronted him and he responds? You accuse someone of being crazy, which he is. You call him out. But what if he agrees with you and admits it and then tries to do something to you? Which is what happens later in the show. I mean, if you're going to watch it on Netflix, they don't want to give you or give away everything to you. But basically, she does confront him, the friend. She tries to eliminate him, kill him. And he turns the tables on her. And why am I telling you this story? I'm not advertising for Netflix. They did not pay for a paid advert, yeah? The reason I'm mentioning this is because... The confidence, as I mentioned many times, and I'm not going to repeat it in much detail, is just a feeling feeling confident doesn't mean you have the ability to follow through with your actions. So this lady, the friend, confronted him. That's the confidence. She had the confidence to confront him. But what was her plan once she had exposed him? How she was going to deal with it? She obviously had no plan. Now that's a very important lesson here. You've got to divorce confidence from your ability to follow through because it's going to be part of the recurring advice I'm going to offer Peter here. Now I'm going to tell you another story, right? It's an interesting story as well, but it's true, right? The last season of Master Chef. I think it was the last season, the American one, with the British chef, Gordon Ramsay. There was a chef there called Bowen from China, whose father is a famous chef as well. By every conventional western measure of confidence bowen lacks confidence the way he stands the way he manages his eyes he looks down every single thing he does is what we are in the west taught to assume is someone who lacks confidence so again unlike the friend who confronted the homicidal maniac and didn't have the follow-through bowen by every conventional measure appeared to lack confidence but he was confident because no matter what people told him he pushed through and he had quite a lot of skill to go quite fine the competition so you see there's three sides to this confidence thing is one is do you appear confident are you confident and can you follow through on the confidence americans by and large i have a lot of american clients i have a lot of clients all over the world many 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 clients a lot of them tell me they lack confidence here's the thing i got to tell you most people actually have confidence what they lack is the follow-through They either appear confident, but are not really confident and can't follow through. Or they don't appear confident, but they are confident and don't have the follow through. The follow through matters. In fact, my advice is you can almost plot a three by three matrix here. You have on one and the x-axis, appearing confident, being confident, follow through. Then the y-axis, appearing confident, being confident, and the follow through. Here's the thing in life. If you appear like you have no confidence, but you are confident, you'll do many big things. But you will fail unless you have the ability to actually deliver. Don't chase a homicidal maniac with the confidence unless you can actually capture the person. If you appear to lack confidence, but you are confident and you follow through, you're going to do big things. If you appear to lack confidence, you lack confidence, but you still do it. Even though you are scared, you are still going to be successful. So the piece of advice I always give people, why do you worry so much about whether someone thinks you are confident or not? If you lack confidence, or if someone thinks you lack confidence and they don't hire you, that's fine. Maybe life isn't fair, but you will take a role and then you deliver on it. Now, you may not succeed as fast as someone in the first two years maybe gets into Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs or McKinsey, but if you deliver and are successful, over time you will do much better than them. I know this because I keep track of all the people I worked with. There are people there who are enormously confident moved ahead before me initially but a lot of them over time you know, i have caught up and in most cases overtaken them. So when you think about confidence, don't worry so much about whether people think you are confident. It doesn't matter whether someone thinks you are confident. If someone treats you like you lack confidence, why does it bother you so much? You can still do the work and get the results. And over time, even though they think you lack confidence, they will still continue to hire, promote you and reward you very handsomely if you deliver things. And that's what you've got to focus on, right? And we see this in life a lot. I mean, it's a very Western thing in our views of other cultures. I remember reading some of the notes and transcripts from the original World Trade Organization negotiations when the United States was trying to bring China into the WTO. And the perception amongst the American negotiators and then you know, President Clinton's office was that the Americans had gotten a better deal than the Chinese. And way back... When semiconductors were being developed and so on, there was a perception that the Chinese would never ever be able to undertake the sophisticated manufacturing to produce high-quality chips. So the point I'm trying to make here is that the Americans thought the Chinese had no skill and confidence. But clearly, China has turned out to be a formidable competitor in many categories where many countries compete, including the US, Germany, China, and so on. The point I'm trying to make here is that just because someone thinks you lack confidence doesn't mean you can't be successful. So when people talk about how do I appear confident, how do I make people think I'm confident, I'm thinking, okay, I can understand that it's going to give you some advantage in the short term, but why does it bother you so much if you can just deliver? When I switched offices, and I talk about this a lot in Rebuilding a Practice, where I go into details of how I produced a new strategy. For for some of the offices and so on. There were a lot of people who did not give me the time of day. There were the existing leadership structure in that office ignored me. They thought that I didn't know what I was talking about. I should not be involved in certain things. In the client relationship I managed in the previous office, where I led or helped with the the turnaround, one of the largest resources companies in the world, when I switched offices, I wasn't even allowed into that energy resources company's account by the new partner because he didn't think much of me. And that's an example where, for whatever reason, people are not treating me the way I want to be treated. I can spend a lot of time going for courses on how to get people to treat me the way I want, or I could just ignore all of them, go into a client and do such good work that eventually the people that didn't like me were forced to work with me or leave. That's the way it is, right? And eventually I was able to play a very, very significant role in turning around that office and other emerging markets offices. So don't worry too much, if people assume you lack confidence. There's another show you can see as a lot of television shows. Here. There's a show called Succession. It's on HBO. It's a very good show. It's about a family that owns a media empire and they're all fighting for control to take their father's business away from him. And somewhere in the show, the son of a distant cousin appears looking for a job. Now, in the show, everyone thinks he's so stupid That they reveal all their secrets to him. Because he's apparently so stupid, he's not going to know what leverage he has. He's not going to know how to use it. But he's actually not that stupid. And he starts using it. So what is the other point I'm making here? When people assume you lack confidence, they assume you're not a threat. And let me tell you, while you only see the fact that it's an obstacle to your career, there are many times they are not going to try to eliminate you. They're not going to make your life hard because they assume you're never going to get it. You're never going to reach a point where you can compete with them. That's been my experience in my career. Many times I'd be able to go in and talk to people and get concepts from them and ideas from them because they just wouldn't see me as a threat. Now, there are certain people, I've seen this in negotiations, where they create this image of lacking confidence, this image of an inability to execute, to be able to extract concessions from the other side, because the side that they're negotiating with assumes that this person can't do anything with the concession, so you may as well give it to them. So I've covered a lot of things here, right? And I'm just going to briefly recap. I spoke about the fact that don't just assume everything is prejudicial, discriminatory, racial, and so on, when the mere way Peter has interpreted is actually a form of discrimination as well. Second, distinguish between peering to be confident, being confident, and being able to follow through. Of all the skills there, I'd rather be able to follow through, and I make this point very clear. I don't come across as confident, and I don't consider myself confident. What I do have a lot of faith in is my ability to eventually figure things out, even if I have no idea what I'm doing at that point in time. And you've seen us launch an automotive business in a foreign land. You've seen us launch a luxury business in a foreign country. We've been launching a cosmetics business. Well, that's in the United States. And we'll cover that in one of the startup shows. But I don't have great confidence about any of these industries. I know nothing about cars. I'm probably the most un-auto-enthusiastic, if that's even a phrase, male in the world i know nothing about cars and i really don't want to know anything about cars right next point is that if you lack confidence or appear to lack confidence then it doesn't matter in the long term because if you deliver you will be moving ahead of your peers in the short term you'll probably come up a little bit short especially for recruiting and so on because some firms just want people that look confident my final point is that appearing not to be confident is a very successful negotiation strategy and business strategy used by many organizations in the world. If you are in that position where it's not your choice that you look like you lack confidence, then you need to use it to extract concessions rather than complaining and trying to become someone who appears to be confident and therefore is an automatic threat to his peers. Nothing in life is a disadvantage. It's always an opportunity. You just need to figure out how to make it work for you. And my final point is that if you listen to the 21-day programs, we have these programs where we teach very important skills over 10 episodes with guidelines on how you can implement it in 21 days. We have one on how to develop big insights, how to reboot a stall career. There are a couple of them. All of the candidates in those programs, because I talk through actual executive coaching clients that I helped with these issues. Do you notice that for none of them did I ever make their gender, ethnicity, or lack of confidence an issue? Because it's not an issue if you understand how to use it. I am never going to take a voice coaching course on how to speak like the guy in The Lion King, James Earl Jones, or Barack Obama, right? I'm never going to speak like them. I'm not going to be able to throw my voice across the room. But it doesn't matter to me because I know how to use what is seen as a limiting skill in the West. I know how to use that to my advantage. You've got to not be so worked up about whether people see you as lacking confidence and so on, or whether someone is being prejudiced towards you. My experience of living all over the world, and I could have lived anywhere in the world. I could have lived in Hungary, or the UK, Russia, Dubai, Singapore. Vietnam, Laos, Australia, New Zealand, Botswana, Poland, Romania, Canada, the USA, Chile, and in fact I've lived in some of these places, but I've never found a country as friendly as the United States. Now, that's my experience, and it doesn't mean that I am diminishing any other experience you've had. But my point is, sometimes we get so caught up in a narrative that we don't really think about what's really happening and whether there is a problem in the first place. And even if it's a problem, how can I make it work to my advantage? Remember, when someone sees you as being confident, they also see you as a threat. So you decide, do you want to be seen as a threat or someone that they want to work with and share all their knowledge and all the ideas because they don't see you as a threat? All strategies work is to figure out which one works for you. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on marketingsavestheworld.com or firmsconsulting.com.